1: Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, Each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1... Car, what else we it? Cars? Cars. We cars, cars, cars. We, yeah. <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube.com forward slash BehindTheGlass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on Patreon.com forward slash BehindTheGlass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm so excited for this chat, but... I am feeling a little worse for wear today. (laughs) Last night was the Jaguar Land Rover Christmas party, which followed for me like three and a half weeks on the road. Mm. I'm a little bit jet lagged from Abu Dhabi. I'm just feeling. Can can we just take it a bit easy on me today? Yeah, because you've got a slightly mischievous look on your face, where I feel like you're (laughs) just really excited to wind me up about the conversation we're about to have, and I'm not sure I'm ready for it.
0: Okay, you do look a bit tired actually, and even in your voice, like you just feel like a bit. (laughs) Like someone trying to push start a larder, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, you just don't feel right.
1: I can see, mate. It's like, you know, a cold day in the catering room, and just, uh, 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 (laughs) you know, we're not quite getting there. But, you know, it's fine, and I'm going to get G'd up because, oh my God, what a conversation we're about to have. I'm so sorry for those of you that aren't involved or don't like F1, because while the next serious chunk of this episode is, of course, going to be dedicated to talking about the end of the Formula 1 season, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix.
0: and well, I think it's fairly relevant because, um, one, we ain't got a great deal to talk about, <laughs> today. <right? laughs>
1: not a lot else is going on at the and, minute. But. And,
0: and secondly, if you've got something in between your ears, everyone was watching the F1 on Sunday.
1: One of the highest viewed races in Ever. years. I mean, it's all over the news. I think, as I say, even if you're not a fan or you didn't watch it, you are aware of maybe what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was so controversial... That we've got to discuss it, and uh, if you are a fan of the After the Checkered Flag podcast, couldn't do that this week because Paul was apparently is busy in inverted commas, it's his first time he's ever been busy in his entire life, unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, so yes, yeah, so I thought, well, you know, you snooze, you lose, Paul. Yeah, and, and we're, we're making the main main podcast going to be F one yeah. related. So uh,
0: you got the eighteen this week. Yeah, got the
1: eighteen. Yeah. People are probably going, thank God, God, that guy's been on the show a bit too much recently, yeah. two episodes back to back with Paul. Not many people could bear that, but um, he will be back next week because we. We will still be doing the 2021 season review on After the Checkered Flag, looking back at the entire season. But, Tony and I, we, haven't, we have discussed this a bit, but we actually haven't really, you and I, discussed it directly.
0: Well, we haven't had a conversation because you've not been here. But no. But, yeah, we've been hot on the group,
1: Woo! for sure. The but- WhatsApp chair has been yeah. lit. Yeah. So, just to recap, just in case didn't know what happened uh, at the weekend, Max Verstappen won his first World Drivers' Championship in Abu Dhabi in very controversial circumstances. And when I say controversial, what I mean is that the final race result, because I don't think it was controversial necessarily that he won a world championship. There was a huge possibility, strong chance that he was going to do that given the year that he had had. But the way it all unraveled and unfolded on Sunday night was controversial. For sure. And on, on paper going
0: up to that last race of the season, he was better on paper throughout the year. Now, that that can obviously come down to um, the, the, the the better car, as in we know the last three or four races, the Mercedes has been better or as good. But over the course of the year, the Red Bull car has been the best car. So, and as we know in seasons gone by, as the general public always say, that it... If you've got the best car, you're going to win. I don't always necessarily agree with that because when you look at the rest of the field and when you look at Lewis and Max throughout the rest of the field, the example from the weekend is after 25 laps, they're both 20 seconds ahead of everyone else. That's not the car. That's them. They're just both extraordinary. But when you look statistically, Max going into that race was a deserved champion.
1: Yes, so um, before we move on, I'll just pick up on one thing. I, I agree with what you're saying. So they were in the two best cars, but they are infinitely better than their teammates in the sense where it's not just the car that makes them so special. You know, that they are 25 second ahead of their teammates, you know, not just the rest of the field. No. They're both dominating their teammates, which, you know, they're special in the best special cars. Um, but, okay, so yes, Let's review. We're, what, three days after the race now? Yeah. It's calmed down a little bit. It's calmed down a bit, Mm. but where's your head at with the whole situation? We're going to analyse it massively, but just as a sort of gut feeling now, are you like, it is what it is? Lewis was robbed. I don't think Max should have had it. Where's your head at? So, first of all,
0: massive congratulations to Max Verstappen. He deserved to win the championship, for sure. As we said, going into the last race... They both deserved it, mate. They're level on points. But on the day, the best man didn't win. It's as simple as that. Now, we can all have reasons as to why the best man didn't win, and, and we're going to talk about why we think the best man didn't win. But at the end of the day, they said, you know, I've heard people say, well, it's not about one race, it's a 21 race season or 22 race season. But that's correct. But going into Abu Dhabi, they were tied. They were absolutely tied. So, yeah, it is over a 22-race a season. You don't win a championship in one race, correct. But this was down to one race. They were absolutely nick and nick. So, it's like having a penalty shootout. You know, you, it had to come down to this race because that was what it was. So, l- listen, I don't... I'm not sure... Lewis was robbed. The rules are the rules, 100%. Mm-hmm. They are the rules. What what is what does mean is what I can't quite get round my head with F1, and I'm nowhere near a specialist. I don't know the rules as much as you. I think I know. But one rule can overrule another rule, <laughs> which is really peculiar, and the race director, the referee can change his mind whenever he feels like it apparently <laughs> and in any other sport that is not a thing in football huge football fan that is not a thing you can't you can't have a football team 3-0 up with 94 minutes on the clock and it's a 95-minute game, and then the referee blows up because he's getting some grief from the manager because he's 3-0 down to say, well, hold on a minute, I'm going to give the next team a penalty. If you score that penalty, you're going to win the game because that is basically what happened. If you, if you you know, if you cut round and compare football to F1, that's what happened, mate. So f- that's why I think the, the best man
1: lost. Yes, yeah, so I, I'm going to unsurprisingly agree with you in some ways here like you're right they went into the race tied right this was the decider one of them had to win one of them had to deliver a result and win for what was it 50 of the 58 laps or more Hamilton was that better man 54 53. 53 of the 58 laps. Hamilton was that better man. Whether, whoever you're a fan of, you have to stand up and admit that and realise that. You know, there were shots of the crowds. I mean, I was there, every single Verstappen fan was disheartened. Christian Horner was on the radio saying, he needs a miracle. Like it's over. Hamilton has has been able to dominate this race. And he he did, as we've seen for the last four or five races, Hamilton has stepped up to that upper plane that he needed to and delivered. Now, a lot of people have said, oh, well, you know, this is just this is you know not revenge but it's luck a lot of luck is involved in formula one and in sport in general and there have been moments throughout the season where luck has been against max or for max and heck if max hadn't had a tire blowout in in azerbaijan then he would have had more points heck if lewis hadn't left his front nose in at silverstone max you know so there's a lot of things like that but for me this wasn't luck a safety car, of course, is 100% a turn of the tables. We've seen it in many races; totally fine. The issue that I specifically had and do have is what you just said. The referee, Michael Massey, chose the winner not only of the race but of the championship mm. because what he did was knowingly create a situation where Max Verstappen was going to win. There was no outcome starting the race with one lap with Hamilton on 38 lap old tyres and Verstappen on three lap old tyres that Verstappen was not going to get passed. Correct. So by doing the situation that he did, which was manipulating the rules or sort of deciding what rules to interpret to allow racing to happen again between the main title contenders was choosing Verstappen as the victor. There's no way I think he might say, oh, you know that, there was a chance there was a chance and I've seen a few arguments like that if they ended behind the safety car Hamilton was champion no matter what correct if they restarted the race and deservedly so by the way if that's the way based the on the race ended, sure for, correct but by restarting the race there was a very strong chance that Verstappen would overtake and win but it wasn't a guarantee and that's theoretically Massey's point of view is that if I restart the race it is a race and at that point it's up to the two drivers. Of course, Verstappen has a huge advantage. But that's the that's the strategy. That's the you know, that's how it's that's how we've ended up here. And I sort of get that logic, but as an F one fan, as a sport fan, I don't. That's a disaster. Because it's purely
0: for the TV spectacle. That's exactly that's exactly why it was done. They had and unfortunately, F one football, all these big elite sports, they are all a business. They had record people watching it. They could not end the race, in my opinion, under a safety car. That's boring. The 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 curtain closer of the one of the most best seasons we've ever seen in racing, it, it is ended on a safety car. So what can we do to make it this real spectacle? And actually, do you know what? Because and i only say this because he changed his mind i think there was from some influence not just from the teams i honestly think there was from some influence from upstairs you get this you get this race uh, this is a race we're going to get this underway sod the rules we're going to throw the rules out there because the rules were applied but not to the full There wasn't applied because if they'd have been applied to the full under normal circumstances the race finishes on a safety car, Lewis is champion. And Lewis would have been a worthy champion. You know, he's not been in the best car all year. It's it, it's actually, he's not won the most races. He's I not don't, led the most races. I laps. don't
1: think he would have been any more worthy than Max Absolutely as a champion. Absolutely not. No, no, no. I, I, I don't, yeah, sorry, go on.
0: I, I, I agree, mate. Yeah. I, I, whoever won the race was worthy because the statistics that they threw up throughout the year. And actually, on paper... Max was more worthy than Lewis. Sure. Because on paper, he he dominated the championship. Agreed. But, but because of Lewis's greatness and the way he behaves and the way he drives, he's managed in a worse car throughout the year, not the last four races, but throughout the year. Statistics will tell you that because Max, most fastest laps, most Grand Prix win, most podiums, most laps red. Most pole positions. Most pole positions. That normally tells you that he's had the best car, you know, because in previous seasons, he's in the last. Don't forget, Max has been in F one six years now.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: He's not. He's, he's never got near Lewis. So, uh, over a championship. Over a championship. Yeah, it's the first time that he's had a car competitive, competitive enough to challenge car. for the championship. Correct, yeah. and and that's fair. So you give him a competitive car, he he keeps with Lewis, but. Lewis didn't have as a competitive car as the Red Bull. But what I'm saying is, in normal circumstances, Lewis in the dominant car wins the championship by 150 points. Mm -hmm. He's lost this championship in not the dominant car by eight points.
1: Yeah, but without us sitting here and and sort of putting Lewis on too high a pedestal, I think, you know, as you say, Max... Max was the better driver throughout the year. Yeah, Ma- yeah. Max was the better, more consistent, uh, higher scoring driver. And and yes, Red Bull may have had advantage, but it was it was minuscule. You know, uh, over the season, Red Bull may have had slightly faster car, but but fundamentally, I think Max performed a better season, which is which is why, as a Hamilton fan, there is absolutely no part of me which is like I I don't think Verstappen deserved that championship. No, he did. What what frustrates me is he. <laughs> It was, it was a manipulated result, which yeah, is what, yeah. what Lewis said, in the sense where we got to the end of that race and you're right. If the rules had been followed through like they are written, Hamilton should have won under a safety car. Now, I don't think many Verstappen fans could have complained at that point, because Hamilton had dominated the race. So when Verstappen pitted under the virtual safety car, right, and he came out, and I think he had 16 or 17 or 18 seconds to make up Correct. Uh, over a certain amount of laps, I was like, oh my God, now, now I'm worried. Like, I'm genuinely worried. So I went inside. I was out watching on the uh, terrace, and then when that happened, I went inside because I wanted to see the data. I was like, I need to know what's going on. And I was watching sector by sector, Hamilton yeah. and Verstappen. Yeah. And the first couple of laps were scary. I think he took seven or eight tenths out. Yeah. I was next to a, a great guy, super knowledgeable, went to his first race in 1968, so he knew everything. And we were, looking at, we were looking at it, and suddenly it boiled down to a couple of tenths. Each lap was maybe a couple of tenths. Lewis then, stepped it up. Then Lewis had started to match him. Then at times Lewis was faster in certain sectors, and it was like, oh my God. Oh my God, it's not going to happen. Like He was getting the fastest
0: lap, mate. A lap like 35, Lewis on older tyres was
1: getting fastest lap. So it was levelling out around 11 seconds. Yeah. So... Uh, Verstappen wasn't going to catch him. That 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 is the simple truth. Without the safety car, Verstappen wouldn't have caught Lewis. So we know that by uh, Christian Horner coming on yeah, the radio saying we need a miracle.
0: The, the, well,
1: you know, bring in Latifi. <laughs> <laughs> but but therefore, I think if it had finished under a safety car, whilst the spectacle wouldn't have been there, I think everyone would have gone, well, yeah, Hamilton. Like Hamilton did it. He won the race. And, yeah. and so that's where the frustration lies. And I think even Verstappen fans, as, as joyous as they are, must realise that, but I think because of the season we've had, the angst, the anger, the controversy throughout the year, and the amount of times that Verstappen fans have feel cheated by Hamilton, or the luck's gone Hamilton's way, or whatever that might be, I think a lot of them, including Alonso, are like, ha ha, there you go, we're all even now. Now You know, you deserved a bit of bad luck, Lewis, now you got it, Max is champion. For
0: sure, and, and in general... No one likes one person to win all the time. Everyone always likes an outsider, you know. Lewis is seven times where he's won seven of them. He's, he's statistically the greatest driver ever. Other people will have other opinions. But you know what I don't like, why people don't like Lewis, is they don't appreciate how good he is as a sportsman. They They take his... Personality and his demeanour into consideration. And I do, but I, I separate them. I, I'm, although, to be honest, I've changed my mind of Lewis only this weekend because of how we behaved when he lost. Because he would have got out of that car absolutely heartbroken. He gets straight out the car. He goes and congratulates Max. He was very, humble and dignified in defeat so was his dad he's a better man than me mate there is absolutely no chance that i would have been. i would have been
1: fuming straight to michael Masters' office yeah
0: and you know what for that reason as well he's half saved f1 lewis for, for that reason by the way he's behaving but what i'm trying to get at is he's his personality and what he stands for sometimes, as I've said before, I don't always like. I don't mm. like always like his views, but as a racing driver, he's he's next level, mate. And I appreciate that. I appreciate greatness in a sportsman,
1: and I've said it before, and that's why I champion him. So, so hold on a sec, because I say we we we, <laughs> we always run this risk, me and Paul as well, of turning every chat into celebrating Lewis's greatness. Let's just remind ourselves, firstly, he just lost the championship, whatever circumstances. So we've got to celebrate Max in some parts. And also we have to think of that frame of mind. So let's go back to lap one of the race. What were your thoughts on the part when uh, Max tried to overtake Lewis Lewis took to the outside of the track and theoretically kept an advantage. What were your thoughts there because a lot of people were saying, well, that was payback. he He should have handed the position to Max at that point. Uh, that would have been more fair, so the safety cut at the end actually was just you know it was payback
0: well yes, so first of all, Max should have got off the line before him and and driven off because he was on softer tires and he was in pole position. Lewis. If you start start from the start, right? Sure. Start from the start. Max had the advantage to get away. He flung... <laughs> yeah, it- no, never- no, no, listen. <laughs> yeah, honestly- this is my theory. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, go on. So this is a theory. <laughs> so you're going to be fuming at this, but <laughs> good. Um, so under pressure <laughs>
1: oh God. no 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 this is no, what happened no, i know I, but i was trying to just say let's take a break from like making hamilton out to be the greatest thing in the world no, no, let's talk about potway maybe he did something a bit dodgy and you're going back to the point of proving that verstappen flapped under pressure Correct. hamilton was better off the line on all the times so you're just going along the lines of how is the best thing in the no, world no, no. which we're trying not to do we're trying to think different because i agree with you I <laughs> don't know. everyone knows but we're not, But at the minute we can't because. We have to look at this objectively. Right. We can have our opinions and people know them and we will continue yeah. to celebrate them. But I just asked you about a time when maybe Hamilton did something bad or how you viewed a time when Verstappen thought Hamilton gained an advantage. Don't flip that into finding a time <laughs> when you can prove how and why he's so much better than Max. No. What about that one moment? Do you think Verstappen do you think Hamilton gained an advantage by going off the circuit? Should he have given the position to Verstappen on lap one? Uh, he did gain an advantage.
0: And should he give it back? Maybe. But then, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. There has been times, yeah. Brazil, yeah, where he drove Lewis off the track as well. Mm-hmm. So that that should have been switched back over as well. So, and he didn't get a penalty for it, by the way. He was deemed that he'd put the car in the right place. Lewis was just being clever at that point. Do you know what I mean? So... And actually, when you actually look at the race, Lewis would have got back past him anyway. He <laughs> would,
1: well, he would have, wouldn't he? <laughs> you would suggest, or, or, they cra- or, based- or they crash? Yeah, yeah, based on pace. I think what I'll say, and again, you know, I'm trying to trying to be on just happens fine, but I'm not going You're to trying do to right play devil's No, but Africa. I'm not right now because the big thing was, oh, Hamilton should have given the position back. He never lost the position. He didn't. you, you can't as a racing driver break. So late that you're not going to make the corner, barge, or expect the other driver to move out the way, uh, you know, stop at the outside of the track, turn back in and go, right, oh, that's my position now. That's not racing, mate. Like, that's not how it works. You don't just lunge, lay on the back and wait for the guy to get out of the way. You've got to leave enough space. And so, okay, yes, Hamilton gained an advantage by going around the outside of the corner and he maybe should have eased off a bit to allow the gap to close back up I probably agree there but I think Hamilton was also like he saw that coming from Max all the way down that back I straight that he knew what was he knew what was coming and I say for st- you, that's not racing look at okay Perez and Hamilton unbelievable racing we've Great seen it racing. three or four times this year yeah. precision so aggressive yeah. unbelievably aggressive but fair but fair yeah. to millimetres of fair and every, there was moments where you were like oh there's going to be a crash and then it's not I'm sorry but I'm still going to stay by the the mark that I haven't seen that from Verstappen at any point this year
0: well at any point full stop you know what Max is and we know this he is an incredible talent he's incredibly fast and actually clever because what he does and we, we've we seen it so many times he goes ah, Absolutely bellowing into the corner on the inside, breaks so late and still manages to keep it on track. But in the same time,
1: pushes his. What well, to, to get out of the way? He he the other guy has, the has way. to get out of the way, otherwise it's a crash.
0: Oh, it's a crash. But he, but what I'm saying is, he'll have a crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas we've known, we've seen before, Lewis won't have a crash, and he knows that Lewis won't have a crash. So that's what he does, mm. and that that's if there is tactics. That's clever. So, but flip it on the other side, Lewis has always been clever as
1: well. Yes, and By shady and sneaky too. Shady you and know, sneaky. That's th- what I'm th- saying. They're both genius competitors where they know how to utilise their cars, their, the uh, both of them, you know, and, and I fully stand up to this. I've always said that Lewis has been very clever at finding that grey line and treading on that grey line and using media and using stewards and all these different things to manipulate, but... he done it
0: on Sunday when he gained that little bit of an advantage. Exactly
1: yeah. that, you know. Like, he was swerving out of the way of a, yeah. of a maniacal Verstappen, which he was, but as you said, then he was like, right, I bet he knew about that runoff and went, right, that's what I'm going to do. I'll go up the runoff and I'll gain an advantage. Yeah. Um, so... It's a very hard one to be totally balanced. I think from my side, how I felt when it happened, I was like, ridiculous, but that's what it is. There's no part of me that didn't want to see Verstappen as a champion. As much as I am a Hamilton fan, as I said at the beginning, Verstappen has been the better driver he across it, the year. For sure. He was not the better driver in that race. No. But this is Formula One. We've seen it multiple times flip and reverse, the bit that wasn't Formula One, the bit that needs to be massively investigated internally and changed, is the power of one man, the racing director, to choose the race winner. And yes, there was a tiny percentage of a chance that Hamilton was going to be able to keep Verstappen behind and still win that race, And at which point there'd be no controversy. Massey would have been a genius for allowing the race to somehow restart. But you know, there were plenty of times, there's clips that are coming out now of Lance Stroll in the middle of the pack, Carlos Sainz, Danny Rick being confused by the restart procedure. Why are some people allowed to, to unlap themselves? Why are some not? Why aren't they catching up with the back of the field? The chances for positions to be made up and not be made up. It was very much Michael Massey fixing the situation and massively advantaging Verstappen. But if at the... Start of the weekend before free practice, someone had told you Verstappen's going to win this. I'd have been like, okay, absolutely no, but
0: not under them circumstances. Yeah, that 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 was what you know. When I was watching it, what really got me is this is not fair. Mm-hmm. This wasn't the this wasn't the way I wanted them to to decide the championship. Agreed. not the FIA, and unfortunately, the FIA decided the championship, and really. We just have an opinion, and so do all you lot, and and some of you will be Max, some of you will be Lewis. Uh, You know, some of us look at the facts, some of them look at past, some of us look at... But when you've actually got the drivers in the race, in the car, saying, guys, this isn't fair, this shouldn't be finishing like this, and we know that Seitz, Vettel, Ricardo didn't know what was going on. He's one of Verstappen's best mates, Stroll, Russell come out publicly we know why he come out publicly because he's going to mercedes but come (laughs) out publicly and don't forget that as you've said they're all good pals they're all good mates but even for them to say this wasn't fair this some of them said some of them actually Mm. said this is not fair who said that site said it on his radio did he vettel said it to um they said that there's that there's been that vettel actually said it's a hamilton Okay. Well, it said that you you know you didn't deserve to yeah. lose um ricardo come out with a statement uh, this is all stuff i've seen online by the yeah, way
1: yeah yeah because but, but but i'm intrigued because i actually think very few have said it's not fair. I think on the radio there have been people coming in with confusion. You know, Danny Rick's one on the radio was, you know, I'm glad I wasn't part of whatever just happened because that seemed messed yeah, up. Yeah. You know, Stroll was like, this is this is disaster, what the hell just happened? Uh, you know, Vettel again was like, Oh, you know, that that didn't make a lot of sense to me. But apart from Russell, I actually don't think I mean Alonso's come out being like, haha, payback. He yeah, was aggressively. He, like Lewis, he hates Lewis. Yeah. Um, so I actually think most of the drivers were firstly ecstatic to see Max win because they are all mates with him. Of course, I think very few came out to say that doesn't add up to me. That's not right. That like actually most of them towed the party line. I would have suspected in that scenario, especially someone like Science, who you know could have had the chance to fight for victory. Okay, he didn't have the tires in it, and he wasn't going to keep up with Lewis and Max. You don't think, but there's but a, he did have the tires. No, but, but not as... They weren't quite as young as Max as well, they? Still
0: had, he, he still had soft tyres. 12, 12-lap 12 old tyres. Yeah, but that. he could have had a go at Lewis, He could have. Yeah, you, you sure. never know. Like, like, yeah. you know there,
1: there's lots of this which, you know, could... So, so I would have expected or hoped... The things that I would have expected and hoped... Because I say, I don't go against Max here. I go against the FIA. The other drivers to be a bit more outspoken of like, that doesn't seem right. And, you know, that's not how I would want to win a championship and the FIA need to look at themselves. The only thing that I was hoping from Max... Which, look, caught up in the emotion. Could you imagine the depression of lap 53 or whatever it was, lap 50? It's gone. It's over. I've, you know, I haven't got an answer for this. He's driving his heart out. Drive, driving his heart out, but just can't. And then it's all flipped. The emotion, the rush. But if, yeah, Hamilton was able to go and shake his hand in that moment of despair, I would have liked Max to say, look, if I'm honest, this isn't how I would have wanted to win the championship. Lewis beat me to always the better driver today. But... It's been my season. I feel like I've performed better all across the season. I'm super, super happy, but I feel sorry for Lewis. That's, I would have liked that. He didn't need to do it. There's no part of like, but but I just, to enamor me, is it enamor? To, to allow me to have more empathy or, or appreciation for Max, in that moment, I think that would have been quite a gentlemanly thing to have said or done. He didn't do it. That's fine. Like, that's just who he is. But surely, even Christian Horner, fucking Christian Horner. Um, they must have all realised that what had happened was contrived. Like, yes, there was lots of ha-ha-ha, payback, and this is sport, and there have been plenty of times where decisions have gone one way or the other through this year, but that particular moment really did spin things 95% in their favour, and it wasn't that authentic, that no one in the Red Bull camp went, you know we do feel sorry for Lewis. That, that probably wasn't the way that we were hoping to win the championship, but we've done it. Who cares?
0: Yeah, and, and I do agree that with an extent, but don't forget Max is young mm-hmm. as well. He, he's going to learn. Lewis has been in the sport a long time. As a-
1: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ
0: As Vettel mm-hmm. and you know they, they, they have become real gentlemen of the sport obviously but, but you've met Vettel he's class do you know what I mean so um, Max will probably learn he's still young mate he's yeah no no fair 24. and it was his
1: first championship and it happened I don't know I get it the emotions but in that moment of Lewis coming up before the interviews to shake his head like you know, it's just something that I would have liked to have seen. Um, uh, You know, I think you see it in tennis all the time, right? Tennis is brilliant at that. You know, young competitors coming through Radicanu or or even on the male side, um, uh, I know I'm forgetting everyone's name now, but, Tennis are brilliant at being very, very gentlemanly and gentlewomanly, ladylike. I don't know what yeah. the word is, but um, appreciative in a big moment of loss or winning or whatever. Fe- They're fed- very Fedra's very good at it. Yeah. Jo- Djokovic, not so much. But they try. But they do they, try. You know, yeah. they acknowledge the the yeah. competitive element and, and things yeah. like that. So that's all. But I mean, as I say, I'm I'm excited to have a new champion in the sport. You know, I think it's cool. I think it's great. You know, we all thought that at some point Verstappen was going to do it. And Hey, Paul and I said the other uh, way back at the beginning of the year. Can you imagine if Verstappen never wins a championship?
0: I, I think I think F1 are glad that Verstappen won the championship well, as no well. Sh- no, no, uh, no, beep. No, sh- beep. No, no, I, I think, I think because it's refreshing. I think, they, uh, I think and, they made it happen, didn't they? Uh, yeah, well, they did make it happen. <laughs> and actually, when you look now, Verstappen... If he continues the way we think he's going to continue, he will be the poster boy of. Of, of course. One. So, you know, we've got all these other new drivers coming through, and obviously Russell's going to be quick next year, and hopefully Norris gets a good car, he'll be quick. Mate, can we talk about sights? F- Flipping it. I mean, he beat Leclerc in the championship. He's beat Leclerc. I mean, you. Can't. That is incredible because people. You yeah, included. That's why I'm gonna. Ha- I'm slightly sweating now. Yeah. yeah, you absolutely bang on the drum of our good Leclercs. that an awful year, though. Shocking year. And sites. This bloke who was no good at Red Bull last year has gone and smashed
1: it at Ferrari. It wasn't no good at Red Bull last year, mate. It was at McLaren the last two years. And oh he was, was it? At McLaren Rena- Renault before that. And he was very good at McLaren. Uh, oh, wait a minute. And he was who, very good at Toro Rosso. He, he actually, actually leveled, pa, pa, leveled points with Verstappen at Toro Rosso. Actually, if you ask Sam, who trained him, who's over there, he beat Verstappen in his first year at Oh, Toro did Toro also, he? Yeah. Okay. So, so, wait a minute. When, Science has always been very good. When was he Verstappen's teammate? 2016, 17 Okay, Toro so Rosling. early.
0: Yeah, yeah, their the first year. He was Norris' teammate bef- after... Yeah. Him. Right, okay, fine. That's why I'm getting confused. Okay. Right, fine. Okay.
1: Um... We'll we'll talk about it more with pause. So I want to save that slightly for the after checkered flag season review. I think science is a fascinating talent for the future, and if you look at his tenure at McLaren, he has done a very similar thing that he's done at Ferrari, and it it suggests that he's a great talent. I think Leclerc had a dodgy year. But I want to say I want to save that for, for, unfortunately, my chat with Paul. What I will leave this on before we touch on some, some non-F1 related stuff, because we kind of have to. Um, but my biggest fear right now, coming away from that weekend, as I say, I... You know there'll be a lot of Max fans I think furious with some of the points that we've made and and just going oh Hamilton glory supporters etc. We're trying not to be and it's definitely not Max that I'm annoyed by or frustrated by. It's the FIA and as a lifelong Formula One fan, my fear, which has been a fear for a few years but is only starting to come to realization, is that Liberty Media, the current owners of Formula One, and therefore are trying to make the sport into a spectacle or basically entertainment under the cloak of a sport and with the netflix and with the way that they're changing what the with sprint races or sprints or whatever they're going to be called and a lot of the change of dynamics the the fear is it becomes a bit like an american sport in inverted commas well. Like a franchise a franchise well yeah it, and it, it's manipulated in a way where stewards and results and penalties and points and all these things to create these moments of high drama. Now that for me will fundamentally undermine everything that Formula One is about. Yeah, yeah. And they have to be so careful between chasing audience numbers and high moments of drama because of course the bazillions of Verstappen fans on Sunday had the time of their lives. Abu Dhabi I'd say eighty percent of people there were Verstappen fans, for sure, and the parties were huge on but a Sunday. I think,
0: in general, mate. I think, in general, everyone wanted Verstappen to win. You know, unless you were a diehard Lewis fan, everyone, even even the neutral, wanted Max yeah. to win because it's because, refreshing. Because one, it's refreshing, and and two, no one likes, in general, a serial winner.
1: For sure. Yeah. It's like, you know, he wasn't the underdog, Max, but it's like that sort of theory, isn't yeah. it? Of like, so I got that. But Formula One have to be careful that they allow the sport to be the sport and and not manipulate it in a in a false or disingenuine way. Look, you know, over the years, through the Schumacher dominance, through Williams dominance, through various different eras. They've changed the rules every now and again to try and pull certain teams back, to take advantages away from certain teams, to try and level the playing field. Fine, let's do that. And, you know, Bernie Eccleston was great at sort of moving the chess pieces of putting drivers in certain cars and helping fund certain situations. That's the way to do it, not by what we've seen throughout this year, having a race director who is permanently trying to create these moments of jeopardy or manipulate the results by handing Hamilton... Outrageous penalties, or not handing Hamilton penalties, or handing Verstappen penalties and not handing Verstappen penalties. You know, I say there has to be consistency because people will come and look at that sport and go, "I don't understand. I don't get it." Because if at the first race next year something happens and it's different to what happened in Abu Dhabi, so we have a safety car, or you know, Lewis pushes Max wide, or Max pushes Lewis wide, and there's not the same, people going to be like. Oh, but what? Like, I don't get it. Last race I saw at the end of last year, they had this. And now that's not the case. So, yeah, you there's know. a
0: couple of things that really need to change. And if I compare it with other elite sports, is that the the rules need to be consistent. They, you cannot have the referee being influenced or shouted at by the manager or the boss. That. That Take that away. Mm. That is a joke, mate. That that rule is a joke. The, ne- the next thing as well, which is a bit of a joke, and it's a circus, which, which if that's what they want it to be, no problem, but you are going to lose viewers and fans, is the referee, the head of the FIA, making the rules up and changing them as he feels. Now, that's not elite sport. That is just... Well, let's make it like this because this will actually be a bit more spectacle and a bit more entertaining. Um, like we saw that in um, Saudi Arabia, the, the race before where they mm-hmm. started it three times, he's bartering with the managers. Yeah. Like, do you want to do this or do you want to do that or it's going to go this? No, take that away. These are the rules. It's yes or no.
1: We're not talking to the f that you're not talking to the manager because that happens in no other sport. Well, it's like you know, World Cup final. You can't imagine the referee going right. You're either going to get a yellow card and a penalty, or it's a red card and he's off. You decide. They're the rules. It, it's it's either you know, like you
0: can't just one or the other. Like and, you. And in elite sport, because it is elite sport, you have to have a yes or a no, and not just for us, for the drivers, mate. Because we're we're talking about. Lewis and Max and and the experts say that these two R2 are two of the greatest drivers of all time in the way that they behave and I mean it is hard to to um, judge from pre you know you're a big Schumacher fan and whatnot it is hard to, to different generations but of the generation they are the, the they are the best two they get pissed off of it as well of course as in it's not then about them and their talent it becomes about The show, essentially. So it's like a soap opera. I mean, that... that, That's not right, is it? Not in elite sport. That
1: cannot happen. If you want to watch a soap opera, go and watch EastEnders. Only thing is, it has happened in Formula 1 forever. It has happened forever. Senna versus Prost, Infamously, and 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 you know, there's great stuff in the Senna documentary of of Senna running up to the stewards box, or Prost going straight to the stewards box after their incident in Suzuka um, when they were both at McLaren, not the not the famous Turn One, but you know, and both bartering and arguing. Schumacher and Hill, Schumacher and Vilner, Schumacher and anyone. <laughs> like, you know, there's a there's a, many instances over the years of this happening in Formula One, of the FIA of the race stewards or whatever choosing or or not always being fair so it's not new but my concern is my concern is that it's now too not i don't know why it feels different now and it does feel different and i think even those who are involved in formula one note that it's different it's got a slightly yeah. different a feel to it yeah in yeah. comparison to other years where the FI have lent in certain directions or the rules have slightly been misinterpreted or it doesn't always seem fair and prosten and center is a very good example of that i think um but look, let's wait and see. We've got a whole new era starting next year, 2022. We've got Georgie Russell coming in at Mercedes. Could be a big revelation or a disaster. Who knows? Um, you Um, you know, know we, it'd be quick. It'd be quick. Of course, of yeah, course. Yeah. But So we've got a lot of opportunities and we've got a new champion and that has to be exciting, you know, celebrated, Um, you know. And as I say, if the race hadn't run the way it wasn't, Verstappen had just gone and won it. Think we'd all be very excited. Uh, you know, even as Hamilton fans, it would have been like, great, he smashed it, he went and won the race. It it just it feels slightly, you know, yeah, the the taste on the tongue isn't quite. Yeah,
0: like we said, it is it is just not fair. It wasn't fair the way it ended. And like I said, we're talking about the drivers. This isn't about the drivers. It wasn't it's not about them at all. It it was decided by 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 a governing body. Well, by Michael Massey.
1: Yeah. Um, anyway, let's leave off this episode with a little bit of car chat because it is. this is not after the shaker Flag. No. This is behind the glass and we're <laughs> supposed to be talking about cars and we haven't really done that but I get the feeling based on a lot of comments I've been receiving people did want us to do this discussion. To say something, yeah. So hopefully you haven't all switched off. Maybe this is going to be the worst performing episode we've <laughs> really done. Um, let's get into some cars. Uh, what's been going on in your world? What cars have come and gone? What have you been experiencing? Well, not nothing gone.
0: no. <laughs> Got it's too. quiet. I mean really? like, yeah it's quite a time of year anyway now but um yeah not 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 a great deal mate
1: You've rocked up in a very nice Range Rover today
0: New shape Range Rover yeah well not, not new new new, you, new, 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 new the like, last like, facelift the last yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the facelift yeah, yeah nice little wafter so Lovely That'll do me for This time of around, year it's yeah, very nice Again I've got some lovely cars at the minute
1: and you Are know. you looking for more stock? Mm,
0: mm, not so much.
1: Not so okay, much. So, mate. if you want to buy something, if you have a well, if your Christmas presents aren't what you want them to be, and you think, you know, what I could do with a car, a new one, give Tony a call, a Larry one, maybe a Stelvio Quadrifoglio. Still got that? I've got someone on that. Oh, do you? But I do. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Well, uh, that still... will be gone, but there'll be something else. In there yeah, yeah. there'll be loads, of <laughs> loads <of> there. <it. laughs> well, speaking of Stelvio uh let's you chat about. One? No, let's chat uh, about my <laughs> my next daily. Uh, I need to update a lot of people on a lot of things. Something very exciting in the hunt for my next Ellie is happening next week. It's gonna—I think—that video is gonna come out on the main channel, maybe on Christmas Day or no, maybe around
0: Christmas. You know what's happened the last few weeks as well. Go on. Every time I've posted a car that's like something sports or. You just get taken. Yeah, yeah. I've just seen it's it. It's horrific. <laughs> I,
1: I, I think it's kind of amazing though, because the audience are really helping me like whittle yeah. through options, but also like anything that, as you say, has like four seats and four doors. People are like, I'll see if i can And fast. And fast. Yeah. So, uh, unknown to the audience, here we go, big reveal. I went and test drove an Alpina B3 Touring, the beautiful green and tan car that was down at DK Engineering. Oh, well, I know about that. So, yes, I, I was like, oh, you know, this is going to be really interesting. Firstly, stunning. And I thought, you know what? There's a lot of reasons why this could be great. You know, it's basically an X3, the car that I love. Tell, the- tell me the a lot of reasons. Okay, there, there ain't a lot. Oh, there are tons. So <laughs> I don't I, think there's I, a lot. I've, I've been saying over and over again, <laughs> I the X3 m m40i is actually perfect. Right, like like there's, it's so hard to replace because it's so good. It's just a bit boring. Mm. So the 3 Series Touring is a better looking version of that same package. Mm. It's in a state car, which fundamentally I get a little bit more excited about anyway, even just from a visual point of view. It's green. This particular car, green with tan. Alpina was quirky in the sense where it was a little bit different, a little bit like out there, but also theoretically, the cars are built towards me because yes, they're about performance, but they're about luxury, right? They're supposed to be long distance wafters. They increase theoretically comfort, more leather, lower down torque response. So I was like, okay, so I'm getting basically M3 performance because it's the new M3 engine, but with a sort of much wider torque band with loads of nice leather, loads of plush, great speed a car that I love, pan with like, you know, I was like, okay, so it's it's shifting a little sideways, but in a really good way. when to drive it. Two things that shocked me. Firstly, my God, are they expensive? So so I think that car was up at, how much did DK have it up at? 80 grand, maybe? 75, 80 grand? I can't even remember how much they had it up. Uh finance wise, we're look, we're talking like twelve hundred quid a month. Because of depreciation. And, oh my god, yes, yeah. because well there's no real history for Alpinas. None. Like no one knows what their residual value is. Yeah. So you know that's a that's a chunk I'm paying I'm paying four hundred quid a month for the X three. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's a chunk of cash more yeah. for essentially the same car. And then all of this stuff about comfort, so it's got a comfort plus setting in the Alpina, mm-hmm. which the normal three series talks don't have. Wasn't that comfortable? No. No. (laughs) Over some pause, I'm going to coin one of your phrases now, crashy. Was it? It was crashy. And I I was really like, ah. And look, every time I got out of it, I went to take photos and I was like, this thing is stunning. But driving it, I was like, ah. And it definitely wasn't worth nearly a thousand pounds more a month than what I'm in right now. So it didn't drive
0: down the road as well as a normal M3 then? I don't. On.
1: uh probably fairly similar, but but it was just the odd pothole. It just went. Whoosh, yeah, because it was like a real like jarring yeah. on the odd pothole. But but yeah, no. So so really upsetting in a sense. The reason that there wasn't a video because I did try and film a video. I had <laughs> one of those days, which which Paul and I explained to Tony when we went on our recent road trip. It's so fuck. We call it the imposter syndrome, which, uh, you know it's not like we didn't make that phrase up. But uh, anyway, I was falling apart anyway. But. Long story short, I pulled over at one point to go, right, let me review what I got so far. Because I, I knew I was doing all right, but I thought i got to, i got to refilm some bits. And I went to get the SD card out of the GoPro to plug it into my laptop to review the footage. And I plugged it and it flew Wow! <laughs> I like, mate, I like 400 miles an hour. Really? And they're micro SD cards. Gone. Mate gone i spent 35 minutes on the, of, on the side of the road <laughs> on my hands i cut open all my hands like, oh. mate, digging open that car at a point i was like i'm gonna have this car back and i'm gonna rip apart all the seats like and i was getting so angry and i'm like shouting like swear words in the middle of a forest being like and i've seen you like that it's hilarious oh, it's so then, the- so like, okay fine i've got other cameras i got like, i can figure this out At that point, I could not figure it out. The light is fading. I'm like tripping over my words. I'm running out of batteries. So I went, screw it. It's not meant to be. Thank you very much, DK. You're probably never going to invite me back. But disaster. They're still looking for that. I think the car's sold now, so they've probably given up. If you've bought an Alpina B3 recently (laughs) from DK Engineering and you find an SD card, please get in touch. (laughs) Because I actually lost two other videos. I I lost my final two videos from the Ferrari road trip. Oh, yeah, no. it made proper disaster. Proper why did, why disaster. Did, so
0: wait a minute, why didn't you get them off? Why usually, did you do that?
1: Usually, I'm very good at importing, <sighs> but just to explain why I'm feeling quite so tired today. Last three and a half weeks, obviously drove London to Florence, finale mondiale, Florence to Switzerland, Switzerland to Monaco, Monaco back to the UK. I arrived in the UK, went straight to flew straight to Munich that night. Did a day in Munich, flew back did a podcast, two podcasts with you on the Wednesday, and on the Thursday I flew to Saudi Arabia. So I just hadn't had the two seconds I needed. Actually, no, so Thursday is when I went to do the Alpina, sorry. So I just hadn't had the two seconds to sit down and import the footage. I'd been on a plane to Munich. I I just hadn't had that. You haven't got another SD card? Yes, I did have other SD cards. But as I said, when I gave up on looking for the SD, I was so frazzled and angry and... In despair, I couldn't get my words out. I think that
0: schoolboy from you, mate. I think you should have took just took an empty SD card. I mean, what was you
1: what thinking? You mean, you, no, uh, oh what? Every time I film, you think I should have an empty SD card? But either, 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 because these things can happen, right? You oh. can lose stuff. Uh, oh, what well, happens so, all the time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so
0: so when you make a video, either download it or have a couple of spare ones and always use the empty one. Yeah, uh, come uh, on, mate.
1: That, no, no, that would that would ninety percent of my time be my oh. It is purely because of the last three weeks for me have been just unbearable, in, in a good way. Like, I'm busy and I'm working, so I can't complain. But I just hadn't... Usually, when I get home, I've got any footage. I import it all, and it just sits on my laptop. But I'm filming in 4K these days. Okay, so is that good? good? Yeah, if I have three videos on my laptop, that's my laptop dead. Oh. Like, the, the amount of size of the files. Oh, fair. So that's another thing, you know. I, I, I'm i not going to bore you with it. Oh, no, I like and, it. And F you for being like, <laughs> oh, it's your fault. Because well, it, it kind fault. of is. Who lost but it? Also, you've definitely lost V5s over the years. So, like, Well, you know. yeah, but I can know how to replace them because yeah, yeah. I'm a machine. Yeah, yeah, fine.
0: <laughs> and, so. and um, But you had a nice rest in Dubai, though. I mean, you are having a lovely time by looks of No, I didn't have a rest. That's me
1: making content, you knob. No, but you must have had like some lovely downtime. I had no downtime. Lie. Are you mad? Really? Yes. Every single day I was filming. And in Dubai, hours are mad. And if not, I'm editing. And then I'm at the Grand Prix. I was working with Etihad all three days.
0: Well, you must have had a sleep on the plane when you flew from Saudi Arabia to Dubai. No, it's three hour flight. I was editing. Well, that's good. That's yeah. using your time. Well yeah. done.
1: Oh man, I literally I mean I, I and over the okay. So the only downtime I had is I did I did enjoy the hospitality at Abu Dhabi. <laughs> I will admit that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed know, it. I, did. I didn't even I weren't even there. Yeah, no, I didn't I mean I didn't sleep too much, so maybe that's why I'm feeling bad, but anyway. Why are you trying to have a work-off with me? By the way, if you don't know this, Tony does this. He's very competitive <laughs> about who works harder in life. It's usually part of the group no, chat. Do you know, like, d- who's doing more work at any one point? Do you know what it is this lot? Well, we
0: know who's doing the least work in the chat. And it West. ain't me yeah. and you. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, you said I had a glitter in my eye earlier yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, that was Okay, I was well trying to get you what to bite.
1: <laughs> so just to, just to recap then. So where is the hunt for my next daily? So I've sort of rounded out. I think my top <laughs> budget is a grand a month. I think that's where I've looked at. I don't really want to be there, but that's my top. Like, I'd happier be at like 750, 800 a month, which means that realistically, we're looking at a car max around 65, 70 grand. So I've had to discount a lot of things that I was looking at the like RS6s, say, B3s, B5s, you know, this sort a big 100 grand cars, which I thought I could maybe stretch to because I found a Bentayga that theoretically came out of the grand. Do you a month.
0: want an SUV or a wagon? Uh, it's one or the other.
1: No, no, it, but it's sort of not. I think I want the SUV. Right. But but I would consider a wagon. But the thing is, I don't think I would consider a three series wagon. Like, you know, I'm, I'm off Panamera. I'm, off, I'm just off, off Panamera. I just, yeah, not for me. No good. No, I'm just off it. Like And then a, and an RS4, which is the most attractive proposition at a wagon point, you know, money-wise. Number, it's the one that makes sense. At 70 odd grand, I'm sitting there going, well, but then do I not just want the RS6? I can't afford the RS6 right now, but the RS4 doesn't really do it for me. I'm a bit lost, I gotta be honest. But if you don't wait a minute. If you can't afford an RS six, it's not even in the sorry. No, it's not. It's not. Right, so
0: take it it away. Take it out.
1: But I don't think I want an RS four, I don't think. But what else are you gonna get then?
0: I mean you up I mean Facelift
1: X3 and 40
0: <laughs> But then that's fine.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> that's that, it, that might be the route I go down. But I just I need to, you know I need to go out and aggressively test drive some bits. But I'm whittling it down and fundamentally I've got a bit of a time advantage because something very exciting is happening oh I've got you know there's I you'll find out morning I can't really say much more because it's gonna be a big main channel video oh but you know we're not in a big we can't right have now. a little
0: exclusive on here
1: so essentially I'm doing a very extended test drive of, of one of the main contenders uh, a car yeah let's leave it at that okay. I think I've revealed too much damn it no you haven't. You forced me into that okay no. <laughs> 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 what a Um It's because you're tired. Did, yeah, it's because I'm tired. There's no other car news. Nothing's really been happening. I did a little research. Like, maybe some people are going to say, oh, you didn't talk about the new electric Cupra. But, um, you know, I don't think there's really been any cars that have launched Ooh, the last actually, few weeks. you
0: know what? I've been driving that Range Rover this week, right? Right. And I'm thinking, you know, before I was saying about Range Rovers, they can't make them electric because it's the characteristics of the car and blah, blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. But, but actually, that only really includes the SVR, but that, if you could get one of them to do six or 700 miles range, one of them Range Rovers, the big ones, or a sport, and it charged quick
1: enough, that would be perfect. Well, one the, of fi- them. the 500e, that's what they were all talking about last night at this Jaguar Land Rover party. 500 miles? No, it's the P500E, it's the h- strong, hybrid car. strongly hybrid new Range Rover. Yeah. And th- and that's, you know, plug-in hybrid yeah. rather than the mild hybrid. But
0: what I'm saying is I always, I mean, towing, would, I was thinking about it yesterday when I was driving it, towing would probably be a little bit of a problem and real off-road because it would really drain the battery. Are you saying you want full electric or you're talking about hybrid? No, but I think that car, yeah. it, as long as I could get the range right on it, because... If you fill that up with fuel, it's expensive to fill it up, but yeah. it will do 500 miles to a tank, Okay, car. It's a diesel. It's a diesel. It's a three litre diesel, yeah. It's a BMW engine. slightly embarrassing, but it's a BMW engine. Um, th- that could work an, 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 as an as electric an, car. As a fully electric. As a full electric car. I'm about to fall off my chair. No, no, no. Just listen. Just, just hear me out. Because when you drive that car, the full-size Range Rover, and the Sport to a certain extent, but full-size for sure... You can't hear nothing anyway. You, all right. your, there's no engine noise, mate. You you, you, can't, sure. you can't hear anything. And, and an SUV or a Range Rover is all about torque. And you know how much torque an electric car's got. So right. if they can get the package right and get it to do the range and get them to charge quick enough, I mean, I'd have one of them. That would be perfect in electric. Did you hit your head the last couple of weeks? No, I, I'm just trying to... I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go electric until 2030 till I have to. But what I'm... I'm, I'm trying to compute in my head what would suit an electric vehicle an SVR Range Rover of course not because you buy an SVR Range Rover to, to be loud and shouty Right, but that you just buy an waft- SVA too often but you just literally just cruise around in that car mate it would be
1: perfect as an electric car if, if it worked right it's got to work. I'm, I, my, literally, my brain is too tired to compute the fact that you're telling me you're excited by the idea of firstly an electric car, because I think this is the first time you've ever talked about an electric car like this. Secondly, a Range Rover, which you like, and you're talking about, oh, well, you know, if it, if it could do 500 miles, yeah, you'd, you'd have one. What? Where, where are you going to charge it? At work. Or at home? What if you've got to drive to Leeds to pick up a car? Well, I don't
0: take a Range Rover I Go on a train. you Are joking? Not well, fair, but... But, I mean, but these are the things that you'd are not, say to me. like, no, like no, no. Why not get a can then? Because it doesn't do 500 miles. It does 200. It does right. about 180 in this weather. <laughs> yeah, fair point. So, but what I'm saying is if you could definitely get one to do five or 600 miles, which is what you get out of a tank of fuel, and you could get the electric in it quick enough to charge it back up, I'd go and buy one tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Because, mate, it's not about the emotion and it's about the, the luxury and you don't hear that car. It's just
1: beautiful. You just sit. I mean, I'm nearly asleep. I mean, well, you know, I'm, the new one's got this aggressive noise cancelling, so you won't even hear anything else. I mean, we're better the person next to you. But that's perfect for a Range Rover. It's not perfect for a McLaren. Or isn't this what I've been saying all year though? That like the sort of on the day to day levels, like the cars that you're just using on a non-exciting way, like electric makes sense. And you've just been fighting me the whole time. Yeah, because they don't do five or six hundred miles. No, but but and they take forever to charge. Yeah, okay. That's not what I'm saying. But the mate. wafting, the you know, it's not about character and emotion. If you're just driving around, electric's fine. Makes. Total sense, theoretically. Not at the
0: moment, though, because of
1: the range and the charging. Because of the range sure. and the charging. Okay, so That's it's got to got... caveat. Your desire for an electric Range Rover. Yeah, yeah, it's got it's got to make sense. Like I said, I wouldn't go. I and mean, it is and... coming, by the way. You know, twenty twenty five seven. No, no. Where's the first twenty twenty four? First fully electric
0: uh, Range Rover. Yeah, the new, the new one. Yeah, but we don't know what range it will do because it's no. a problem for Land Rover. You know, because they've got a a, a towing element and a, mm. and, a, and, a, and an and an off road element that unlike any other any other SUV range. And actually, I saw a funny video the other day of a Range Rover towing a Eurus out of a film. No, I it love was that. It
1: That's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so, may, may, maybe Land Rover won't be too happy with me saying this part, but we did the off-roading course yesterday as part of the sort of the party. We did a night, nice, super cool. You go out and these defenders, you know, all kitted out. <laughs> the, <laughs> the support vehicle was a Range Rover. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, like, what does this say about, you got new Defender, Ultimate, Offer a thing, but the support cars are Range Rover sport. But they're all the same. That's what I mean. Like that's how Yeah. People, yeah. It's marketing and it's genius marketing. Yeah. But actually, mo- nine times out of ten, the big Range Rover is the most capable of all of them.
0: Correct. And also it's why I always say in the range, if you've got children and you want an all-purpose, all utility vehicle by Discovery. Yeah, because fair. because it drives like a Range Rover and does everything a defender does inside you can batter the hell out of it mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. And, and and it drives nicer yeah maybe i should get a discovery We
1: <laughs> ain't got children not yeah. we got uh, twiggy <laughs> twiggy's like a like a child to me yeah. uh, anyway we, we will round out this week's episode we will be back with you next week for our i think our final episode of the year which is going to be our summary of 2021 so we would love to hear your thoughts your your automotive and maybe even podcast highlights of the year, comment below now so that next week we can pick out some of your favourite moments. Cars that have launched, episodes that we've done, live events that we've hosted, um, uh, road trips, like whatever it might be. We want to hear highlights of 2021. We'll go through them and look back on the year and then g ourselves up for 2022. Well, we're going in, aren't we, on this podcast? Oh, we are yeah. going in. Streamline. St- Is that what it's called? Yeah, we're going to streamline
0: it. I guess. Oh, a wait a minute! I'm a bit annoyed stream. with you lot, actually. By oh. the way, oh, why haven't we, got, mate? We're not going to get to fifty thousand <gasps> followers. No, where are we at? What's we're, our? I'm, I mean, we
1: might be at forty-seven. Hold on. I mean, what? I mean, what are you doing? Well, you know what? We'll, I'm going to post about it now, right on now, on Instagram because that gave us a bit of a spike last time. We're at forty-seven. Right. right, so we've got 3,000 followers that's a, a lot of people so yeah tell your mates and your mum and your and dad yeah, whoever <laughs> they can unsubscribe in January no I'm joking <laughs> no, just want to take care of that uh, but no no uh, yeah it's a good point actually thank you for reminding us uh, 50,000 was our goal but it still is uh, by the 31st of December so uh, yeah we've got to do some posts on, on Instagram and stuff like that I think and see if we can yeah. it would be such a nice way to round off the year but anyway we'll try our best um, if you want to follow Tony uh, he's at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales on most social media platforms I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. And as I say, we'll be back with you next week. Bye bye. See y'all.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned
1: litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.